0: Must uh-huh. you
1: Welcome to the podcast today. um, We chatted with this fantastic fella just about a year or so ago. Maybe we'll make this an annual thing. Not that I would say no to having uh, UT Athletic Director Brian Blair on more often, but I want to be very responsible and cognizant of his busy schedule. I will also spare you the hardcore football talk until uh, later on in the podcast. So we'll start off talking with Brian just about the... uh, It was his first year to create or to, uh, in in his eyes, improve the fan experience for students, um, commuter students, for alumni, for very affluent alumni, for everybody. And that got him into a dunk tank. Um, We'll save the end of the episode for where does Toledo go with the portal and players departing and the uncertainty with mega conferences being bill let's dive in with brian blair right now it's good to see you again great to have you back in the studio no good to be seen it's a joy as we're as we're rapping about uh the weather that we're about to endure um I have a lot of questions. We'll cover what we can. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I thought about it, but I can't fit it in here. Would you have uh, declined if I said there might be a dunk tank waiting for you?
0: <laughs> so all my dunk tank reservations going forward are going to be August and September only. Right, I've right. decided I, I, I should have been the first in the dunk tank. I, I made myself the last, and that was a mistake on my part that won't happen again.
1: Can, can we uh, can we dive into that, no pun intended, real fast? Um, from the time we visited last year, and I think you, you popped out all these ideas, um, in a big release like late spring you you wanted to change the fan experience and make it better for students to alumni to people looking for something to do on a saturday afternoon at ut games and one of those things was 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 dunk tank how did that happen how did you wind up in it and what else did you add to the experience
0: yeah i i really give all credit to our team um we got a tremendous group of people and what i tried to do i told them i said hey in this first off season since I, I got here first, I got here right on the front end of football season, so it's hard to change too much because that stuff takes six, eight months. But in that full offseason, let's break up into committees and spend some really good time thinking about all the things that affect the game to experience. One, I wanted every element of a game day to be a standalone attraction, from the restrooms to the popcorn to the halftime show to everything. Two, I told them, give me some ideas that might get me fired. <laughs> and, and what I was saying by that, hopefully I wasn't trying to be really true, um, but really trying to get them to push and not just take stuff off the table and say, oh, that's too wacky. We can't do that. Give me a handful of those ideas that are too wacky and, and let's decide what's too far to go. And the do candy was one I first heard it. And I was like, what are we talking about right now? And the more I thought about it, I said, you know what? It, 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 it allows us to inject some fun. Um, we Our president went first to really show community support. Yeah, the students loved it because it was right in front of the student section we had lots of students so then it almost was competition where people reaching out say hey can i get in the dunk tank next and so to me like we did that we, we revamped the student experience the student tailgate brought it closer to the action we did a lot of things in the parking lot from concerts to a, a big tv showing games going on even some of these local teams like ohio state and michigan weren't afraid to show them in the parking lot before our games um so really just to rethink and i, I think we, we hit the tip of the iceberg, um, but I know we've got way more in the tank, and that's got to continue through basketball, through many of our other sports, just that process of being creative.
1: Um, you brought up something that I, I wanted to ask, now that you've been here, is 18 months? Almost two years? Yeah, we're getting close to two years. Yeah. Um, you have pretty much gotten all you need to know when it comes to Ohio State and Michigan. We We, <laughs> we literally are in the middle of things. I'm very happy for Michigan fans. Yeah. Um, they got their national title three in a row against all the boxes are checked. As the athletic director, as the University of Toledo, where you have plenty of Toledo fans who are just as big Ohio State or Michigan fans, how do you handle being in, that, in, in the eye of that hurricane tornado?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, one, I didn't quite understand it until I got here, I'll be honest with you. I I (laughs) had grown up in the South. I mean, I understood SEC football, ACC football. I'd been out West. I'd been in Texas. I understand big-time sports, and I've worked at a lot of big-time places. But I didn't quite understand how – infectious and ingrained the the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is until actually being here and like engaging with people and so it's one of those things where it's kind of all-consuming so to put your head in the sand and say it doesn't exist or tell people hey, you can't be an Ohio State fan, you can't be a Michigan, you can't be a Notre Dame fan you've got to only be Toledo, I mean, I think that's fool's goal and so knowing what that is, got to control what you can control so we roll with it, right? I mean We put that big uh, screen in the parking lot and showed games around the country. So we start with college game day and then rolled into what game was playing. And my staff asked, "Hey, should we play the Ohio State game? Is that taboo?" Play the Ohio State game. Yeah. And if that gets ten more people that wanted to sit at home and watch that game, but also want to come to our game in our venues, it's worth it. And so we can't shy away from it. We got to lean into it. Luckily, I've been able to experience. We certainly played at Ohio State. Um, at Toledo and then add a donor that's actually a Michigan um, staff member take me up to a Michigan game. So I experienced both venues and that was helpful because I want to understand the perspective of people sitting in our seats. Like when you're sitting in our seat and you watch our experience, what are you comparing it to? Because that allows me to shoot and say, hey, I'm not replicating the high State band or or what Michigan does, but understand that perspective. And honestly, I want to be completely different than what they're offering. I want to be completely fan friendly. I want to be easy to get in and out of And I want to be able to lean into the freedom that we have to be creative where those two institutions are so bound by tradition, they can't really lean outside the bounds of what they've already done.
1: Um, What did you stumble on in, in that, hey, try to get me fired brainstorm session, or what, if you want to tease a little bit going into this year, what worked really well, maybe to your surprise, or everybody was patting... Uh, themselves in the back for a big success, other than the dunk tank.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I didn't think the the video screen in the parking lot was going to be as big of a deal as it was everywhere i went for the rest of the season people were like that's the greatest idea you did and i i didn't really appreciate it and you certainly got people at tailgate and they have their own tvs but that ended up being a spot a corner of our parking lot where people kind of huddled around watched the games the audio's playing but then they turned to the left and we had the stage with the bands on it too so it came really a populated area and we we're going to do some things leading into this season um the change that. i think our player walk really one shortening it changing the drop-off point but add more pomp and circumstance to it, I had a mom come up to me and start crying because she felt like her son and that walk, people were showing appreciation for her son. And she mm-hmm. had not felt that the last two or three years she'd been here. She loved it. Um, and then the student tailgate. Moving that from the parking lot it was to right on the south end of the stadium, one, helped our student attendance because they can just walk right into the sure. stadium. Two, you saw that become a festive area. And we exist on a college campus where – Certainly enrollment is a topic that happens Mm -hmm. a lot. But along with enrollment, usually the the, the retention piece is even more directly attributable to what we do um, and how we can impact change. And so if we can create experience around our games where students for the three, four hours before a game and the four hours during a football game have a tremendous experience and then they come to basketball and can scream their heads off for two and a half hours. I would hope that that encourages kids to say, hey, I love being a Rocket because this is a part of my experience that I can't get. At another institution.
1: And for the community at large. Yeah. Because it's important for us to support our university as times are trying. And you're not here to obviously talk a whole bunch about that. Maybe we'll save some on-field stuff for the end here. But this is more experiential stuff. You were talking about big screen bands. Um, I'll throw this at you and you can nod along. I, I realized here, like, in doing what people enjoy, it's very simple don't outthink the room. Don't get too creative. It's tacos, trivia, TV, and cover bands. Yeah. I mean, if you do a Toledo a UT taco night, a uh, taco truck, you'll have sellouts, wild I mean, stuff.
0: I, I tell people, that, like marketing is not terribly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually, like you said, a handful of simple things. And for me, for the most part, it's just asking people questions and actually listening to what they have to say and stop trying to outsmart them. Like, they're telling you what they want, directly or indirectly. They're telling you what they want. Just do it. And it could be as simple as clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as the signage on the way into the stadium or the, the volume of the music. But they're going to tell you what they want to hear. I think our hardest part is synthesizing all the various groups we're trying to please in our arenas and our stadiums Yeah, all at the same time. Because I've got a, a 70-year-old... Um, Mel who's upset because the music's too loud and they just want to sit and watch <laughs> the game and they don't want any extra and then I've got a 18-year-old young lady who's a college freshman that is upset because her phone internet connectivity doesn't work and she can't download whatever is the latest or post on Instagram and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So to try to make all those people happy is probably our biggest challenge. But the easiest part is setting up opportunities to listen and putting that stuff into action. And I think people enjoy when they say, hey, I want to see this, and you actually do it. It builds only pun, that relationship between the fan, the consumer, and the entity, that they say, okay, I'm a loyal customer now.
1: In a way, you have to do, as you just explained, something that, that people are told not to do. Don't try to please everybody. That's- it's impossible. And you've got to find a way to thread that needle.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think from the fan experience standpoint, we certainly have to. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's probably some things we do as a department from a strategic standpoint or strategy where... You, you outline what you will do, but you also got to outline what you don't do. I think from a fan experience, although it's impossible task, we've got to please the majorities because we need the majority to make up the the arena. Um, And I think there's a way to offer different things to different people during different times and say, Hey, halftime may not be for you, 18-year-old. It may be for that courtside seat holder, but hey, in-game music is for you because I need you loud and make an impact on the game, and we got to find ways to weave all that together.
1: Let's switch over from uh, from game day experience to something else that just hit a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, this is a Brian uh, brainchild. You guys are doing something pretty cutting edge. I, when I read it, I think you're the first in the country to do this, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm I'm surprised other places aren't doing this. Some, business are fin- businesses are finally doing this, something I've thrown out all over the place. Um, If you're the Toledo Museum of Art, if you're that apartment complex, whatever, if you're a brand, have something where you can create content. You now have that. Tell me about this great idea.
0: Yeah, this is my baby. I'm really proud of this Um, because it it came out better than I thought it would, to be honest with you. uh, I'm always trying to learn from other industry and whether it be business, leadership, and certainly technology. I'm going to try to keep abreast of what's the latest and greatest in in technology entertainment because they always migrate themselves to what we do in some way, shape, or form or impact what we do. And we had a a couple that was – just really fixated on our media room and our media operations in the post game press conference. And the more we talked to them, and we talked to them about a lot of different needs we have as a department they kept coming back to that media room, but our media room currently was behind the the scenes. Nobody ever knew where it was. We did all our post game press conferences, our photo shoots in there, but you couldn't, most people couldn't tell me where it's at or what it looked like. Um, And then we had this new space out front where our bookstore had moved out to our campus union. So we had an empty, glass face wall, um, building or, or front side of our building. I said, Hey, Let's think about doing something really creative, really new to that. And so we, we talked to View. They had this new product they were rolling out. So to be the first in the country to have a space like this, and even there's a handful of other institutions that have it in their film school or have it in some other way, nobody's got it in a fan-facing segment like we do. So from photo shoot to post-game press conference and everything in between, it gives us a brand new space to do some really cool things. So we've got some things in the works right now that I'm really excited of. Hey, we used to do this show or this recruiting thing here now we've got this new studio let's bring it to life in a whole new way and our student athletes just absolutely love it
1: yeah um how do you make sure they give you stuff for that studio which it's kind of part of the job in a way we all know that like i i have to do social media stuff doing what i do you are great on social media you're the the dad in toledo you're out (laughs) taking kids around and it's what connected me to you and you to many others how do you get the kids to go hold on a second let's get that in here rather than on your phone
0: yeah that's gonna be the challenge we actually just had that conversation (laughs) yesterday we were talking and and we had a individual visit our office and she was talking about hey you got to capture that raw footage of student-athletes and the point was many times our student-athletes already go live or post from their phones or like how do we get them to do that in that space or how do we showcase what they already organically do in that space more often? But I. I don't know that's going to be a terrible problem because right now our biggest challenge is everybody wants to be in that space all the time Good, and we're having to pull back because it's like one I can't have everybody operating this technology like it's expensive <laughs> we got to make it last um, so how do we preserve that two how do we make sure we get the right people at the right time and have the staff to support it? Hmm. So we're kind of going through a renaissance project right now where we look at our creative staff. We look at our communication staff and marketing staff and maybe operating those differently than we have in the past. And you'll see some of those changes upcoming. Um, but this new space lends itself to NIL, brand building, TV show, podcast. Wh- I mean, all kinds of things um, that we want to weave in there.
1: Um, on the field stuff uh, a little bit. There was a slim possibility that Toledo could have gotten to the Fiesta Bowl. Is my math right with that? Absolutely. Um, Had going into the final week of the season and championship games, had Liberty lost on that Friday night and they won their title game, they would have wound up in the Fiesta Bowl. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, so you you think back to our season, we lost um, twice before the bowl game. I um, mean, the bowl games nowadays are not your true team, so I don't don't include that. <laughs> um, we, we were eleven to two in my mind. Um, we lose a fourth and four hail mary pass at Illinois. Otherwise, we win that game. That said, going down the stretch, we were top twenty five for four or five consecutive weeks. We were right in the hunt for a New Year six game, and yeah, had literally slipped up, and had we come through, uh, we'd be in that New Year six game, I believe. And, and so. Not only is that disappointing because what could have been, what should have been, but it should tell people around Toledo how close we are to taking some strides that have not been hit before around here. When you get a Fiesta Bowl, that launches your brand, your finances, and everything included into a national spotlight, unlike anything we've experienced around here before. It's just it, it's a whole other stratosphere that we're really, really close to punching through on.
1: Did did, uh, did did you kind of control everybody from getting out over their skis too far, saying, hey, a couple of things still have to happen? Or did you maybe have some donors, somebody within the administration going, wow, we are this close to... I mean, who knows what kind of potential millions, and you're drawing kids from all over the country. What was the last mid-major? To, to, was it Northern Illinois that got to a
0: New Year's Six? So, Western Michigan, I think. That's right. With, with P.J. Flick when they went uh Maybe it was Cotton Bowl or Goodyear Bowl, I can't remember, but... But they they were the last New York six, but the, the last Max school before that was Northern Illinois. Yeah, but there's a history of Max schools doing that, and I think the exciting thing for me, I tried to to temper expectations and say, hey, we're in the running, but we're not. It's not a guarantee because you, I think coaches are superstitious. I'm really a little superstitious. At the same time, tell people, hey, whether this happens or not, this is proof of how close we are, and if we lean in just a little bit more, we could take this thing to the next level. And the reality is this year we start a 12-team playoff. The group of five is guaranteed at least one spot, maybe even get a second spot in that new 12-team playoff. Toledo's right there with probably four or five other schools that are in that upper echelon of G5 football. We can punch through. We just got to stretch a little bit further than we've ever stretched before, but we can do something amazing. And when we get that, when we feel that, not only will the football team be on the map, the athletics program, the university, this community, will be in a national spotlight I believe, unlike anything else around here, could bring to the the, the city.
1: A great example is is right now. Um, the Lions have sucked for all of our lives. Literally, <laughs> I, I've been doing all kinds of numbers crunching. The Lions are the second to last team. Houston Texans is the only other one. The Lions are the second to last team to have never won two playoff games in the same Super Bowl era. Mm. Never. I mean, and you, people weeping and what's going on around here. That on a, on a local level with UT. Um, you did get a taste of it, unfortunately. I've been here now. It's my, my, my 11th UT season. Did, did I'm sure you've been told about how our expectations have gotten up quite regularly with UT football. And then it's a punch from Northern Illinois. It's a miracle from, from the Falcons. It's always something that, that trips them up. So they told you how close it is?
0: Yeah, I've heard that from time to time. I don't necessarily believe in curses. or. Oh, it's not a curse.
1: It's more disappointing than anything. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I, I just I think this season we won some close games that you could argue probably shouldn't have been close and we made them close, but we won them. And I think that probably is a distinction that previous years. I know Ball State, it was a wet day. The ball was weighing three times as much as it should have weighed because of the rain. It was it ended up being a close ball game. And people came up to me and said, you know, we normally lose that game to Ball State on the road in a game that nobody's thinking about when we're riding high. And we won those games this year. So I think it's proof that we're punching through. I, don't, I think the Illinois loss was a gut punch. I, th- I think we should have won. I think we were the better team. I think we beat them physically. Um, but we lost to a Power 5 team. Yeah. Um, a big Barely. Opponent. I, I can take that.
1: Barely on and the road. And
0: the championship game against a Miami squad that, quite frankly, we beat previously. And it's hard to beat the same team twice. It just yeah. is. And so I'm really proud of this team in, the, in this season. Um, and we've got so much to build upon because we bring a lot back.
1: Some on-the-field stuff. Uh, so much has changed since we had this discussion last year about... The portal, which I'm sure gives some coaches uh, absolute chills and fans as well. The portal NIL, how much has changed from last year? I mean, it is, it is like sharks in the water. It's a free for all my favorite. Comment which was so stark and, and poignant with all of this um, was at the near the end of the season where Matt Rule, the Nebraska coach, somebody asked him, Somebody's like, Yeah, it's about one or two million dollars to get a starting quarterback through the portal. You just lost uh, your star quarterback. Mm-hmm. How do you and Coach Candle and, and other coaches around the athletics department manage this whole thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly changed, but within change, there's opportunity. And I believe Toledo, relative to our MAC peers, is better situated to navigate these changing waters. And if it's NIL, if it's Transfer Portal, we offer, I think, one of the best experiences of our peer subset in terms of how we travel, in terms of our fan support, our fundraising, our facilities, all those things. I think we offer a really dynamite package. Um, even if you look at numbers, whether it be cost of attendance or all the things we're doing fiscally to support student-athletes, we do a lot better than many of our peers. So I think, one— We've got to continue to offer an excellent student-athlete experience. So for the majority of our student-athletes, they don't want to leave this place. And when recruits are looking at us or transfers are looking at us, our best recruiters are our, our young people telling them how great that experience is. So by and large, I think we've come out net positive in the transfer portal. I mean, we'll think about uh, DQ and certainly going down to, to Baylor. Ray J. Dennis, our MAC yeah. player of the year, point guard down to Baylor. But... You look at those individuals, or one, Ray J, we got him from the portal, Mm -hmm. from Boise. So the portal giveth and the taketh away. Um, But two, we've got a backup quarterback in right now that came to us from Georgia Tech that will now be our starting quarterback. And so there's some give and take, but net, I think we've come out way ahead of where we end up right now. And we've got to continue to offer a great experience. We need coaches that are true relationship builders and care about the student-athlete beyond the transactional nature. And we've got to adopt NIL as part of our overall package of how fans support us. I mean, Friends of Rocky and, and what they do for our department in football, they do a great job. Blue and Gold Legacy for basketball. Like We need their support to be successful in this new landscape. And whether you like it or not, I'm not sure it's germane to the discussion. It's a rally that you, you got to do it yeah. to be successful right now.
1: Is it the kind of thing in what you talked about, how steady this- program is and, and quite frankly how well renowned it is regarded across the country among people who know you know know the sport really well it's the kind of thing where you're going to lose a DQ you're gonna lose a Ray J, but because of everything that you've built there's some stud running back at Grand Valley State up in Saginaw and when it comes down to you know maybe going to Michigan and maybe waiting for an injury or coming here and being a stud is that where you win some of those battles
0: yeah I mean we've got to be poised to be a top transfer destination um, and, and certainly we're going to lose some top talent to getting plucked. Um, but one, I think we've done a better job of keeping our talent than many other schools because if you're a football player, you can go to NFL from here. Um, it's been proven time Might have time. a first-round pick. It's right there for the grassman, right? So, like, Quindown was a perfect example. He got all kind of offers in the offseason last year to leave here. He chose to come back and stay, play one last year with his teammates, fight for a championship. And now he'll be a first, if not first, second round draft pick in the NFL draft. Like you can do everything you want from the University of Toledo. Yeah. And so I think transfers see that coming in and say, Hey, I want to be a part of that. We lose minimal student athletes, but certainly we've got to continue to foster experience here, continue to pour into that, that we're second to none.
1: Last couple of football things and maybe we can do some uh, so, some some dad life things. <laughs> um This is probably a very these are two challenging questions to ask because we just don't know because of everything everything that's so fluid and in flux. Um, Where does mid-major college football go as the mega conferences that we all kind of foresaw are here and they might not need the Toledos as much, um, and I think we talked about that briefly last year, and what's the future of the bowls? And I know we all kind of laughed at them and made jokes in years past, um, but now it got really ugly this year with all the transfers and all the sitouts. What are the future for both of those in, in your uh, prescient mind? Yeah,
0: hey, I'll give my own personal opinion, um, and I'll operate backwards, I guess. From the bowl standpoint, to me, the bowls have turned into what does the future look like versus what does the last season look like? And I'm not sure there's any coming back from that. I I think it's going to be your young roster next season's team or at least the young guys getting the opportunity. So we need to embrace that um, and just know, okay, that is what a bowl game is. I'm not afraid to start to reimagine and say, hey, should that be a spring game? Now, does the bowl game end up being you have spring practice? Instead of playing each other in the blue and gold scrimmage, now we go play, name a school, name Wyoming, and a spring game. And we schedule those just like we do other games. I think TV would still have an appetite for that. I think then it's truly next season's roster. And it gives them one live opportunity to get some live practices in um, against another opponent. The NFL does it where they scrimmage other teams. I think we got to think outside the box. The grand bowl games of last year and of yesteryear are no longer present. It's not coming back. This turnover is going to happen. Because the academic calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really modify the calendar much because kids have to get accepted to school if they're going to transfer. I think in terms of the future of football... One, the 12-team playoff is here. And I think they're working towards a long-term media deal on that. And so I think that's about to provide some stability because the G5 is already in that and we'll always have an opportunity. I think I was listening to Ohio State's new AD, Ross Bjork, um, on a podcast, and he referenced um, that being the case going forward. Even if there is a new division that develops or the highest resource institutions have something else, you'll always have that 12 team, and then you'll always have this postseason opportunity. we got to figure out what that looks like. So I think we're always going to be testing together, and I also think the basketball tournament um, ties us together, but I also understand there are schools that are bringing in almost $300 million in annual revenue. Um, here at Toledo, we're somewhere in the 30 $35 million ballpark. We're vastly different worlds in terms yeah. of those numbers, um, so we've got to face that reality and figure out, okay, how can we continue to have opportunities to compete at the highest level? At the same time, not ignoring our reality and not stretching ourselves too thin.
1: Um, you've got the mindset to beat whatever curveball comes at you. I, my uh, my Armageddon thought for, and I've always been against expanding the playoff. I know it's great for TV. More schools can get in, less arguments. 13 will argue. 14 will argue. <laughs> I'm waiting. And I don't think this is that imaginative or that impossible we know the players sit out now bowl games. What happens with money involved now? And maybe this can't even happen. You get in the semifinals, and I'll use Caleb Williams as an example. He knows he's going to be a top draft pick. Uh, he's got a tough game. Maybe there's an injury lingering around. Everybody wants to win, but some donor or some NIL comes to him. I'm going to give you like $3 million to sit out. <laughs> it's the Wild West. So
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm I, I guess in theory that could happen. I, will, I I guess in theory that could have happened a long time ago in terms of um, individuals paying individuals to not play. I, I think we've got rules that say pay for play, not pay for not play. Right. Um, so I, I guess in theory that could happen. And I think you, you bring up a good point in terms of what's happening now with gambling legalization. Oh, yeah. And money on these games. And so we've got to protect the integrity of the game. I, I think that's number one. Can we control... Uh, a, a individual at a high profile institution that number 12 and don't think they're having a chance for a national championship to play. I don't think so, but I think it, if we figure out this new model of what college athletes look like, which we have to, then I think and I hope that student athletes would play or his next man up, quite frankly. And if it's the USC Tulane matchup from a year ago, And you got, everybody says, well, USC wasn't interested in playing. Well, Tulane was interested in playing. Right. And Tulane won, and they're waving that banner and they're celebrating that down at their spot. So for us here at Toledo, I don't think that would ever be an issue. We're not going to lack that motivation to play in that type of game, and I hope it happens. I hope we make the 12-team playoff, and hope that team we're playing has a bunch of opt-outs and we continue to advance throughout, and maybe we, we get a national championship banner around here. That'd be a whole lot of fun.
1: Some super fast questions as we wrap up here. Um, Jesse Cannell is always in, in rumors. You don't have to go too deep on this, mm-hmm. but is he beginning to look like a, like a, like Kowalczyk and Kulp and, a, and maybe a UT lifer? I know that's <laughs> a hard question, but he's been here a while now.
0: Yeah, I hope they're all lifers. That right. make my job a whole lot easier. Here. I uh I, I think coaches loves Toledo um most people don't know this he moved into a new house not too long ago um so he's broke like family. the rest of us
1: homeowners right yeah so yeah a <laughs> yeah.
0: good point so he's here and he enjoys this place he's been in Ohio his whole life yeah uh, most people don't think about that either so I, I think he's solid um does is it flattering for his name to be mentioned outside here it is and the thing he had not talk about is like he can't control who says he'd be a good candidate, X, Y, and Z. And candidly, that's a way better situation to have the coach that's not mentioned anywhere and nobody wants and you're trying to run out of here. Right. Um, so I hope his name continues to be mentioned and I hope he's still our head football coach. He's got eight wins, I think it is, um, to pass Gary Pinkle for all-time winning as coach in Toledo history.
1: Been a long time here now. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing the stuff about house buying and all that stuff. I was going to ask you if there's a nugget, because he's not a he's not on social all the time. He's not a super outgoing guy. He does his job and he focuses on football. He is not like some of us hopping on the internet, ton, <laughs> hyping things up. Uh, next fast question, I'm not going to ask you about stadium naming rights. I'll ask you about another question I was hoping somebody would ask you. Any closer to maybe a football game at the ballpark?
0: <laughs> so uh, we, we are looking at a a number of different ideas in terms of venues for games for practices for scrimmages or just engage the community um and and i I don't want to give any news out today but i i think we're willing to think outside the box in terms of location um i think what i've tried to do is find ways for our department to connect more with the community and sometimes that may mean going downtown hanging out by the river doing something in a downtown location to start to create more buzz about our program. Say, hey, you should come on Toledo's campus. we got a lot of cool things going on. On the flip side, we're going to try to do more events on our own campus, in our own venues, outside of sporting events, to draw more people to us. I mean, the marathon comes and ends in the glass bowl. That's a tremendous event. It gets lots of people on campus that maybe, for the other 364 days of the year, don't step foot on our college campus. Because I think once you get there, you realize it's a gorgeous campus, a lot going on, a lot of buzz, and we can help increase that vibrancy through athletics or through our athletic events.
1: The Italian Bowl isn't coming back because we up, right? They are coming back. They are. They, they, they are. are.
0: Uh, I get my years mixed up. Not this year but the <laughs> following summer. Um, but they, no, they are excited. I, I know I talked to um, their organizers including Nick Eyde and they're really excited about, one, they had a great experience. They loved it. I, I think there was a local fanfare that probably surpassed some expectations in terms of who would be interested in a midsummer Italian football game. But then it's like, okay, what else can we build around it? Um, when you think about youth football, flag football, some international other aspects. I think there's a lot we can do to take kind of round two of it up a notch. And I think Regional Growth Partnership and others are invested to make this a success. Um, So look forward to seeing that again.
1: Next one should be bigger depending on when when the schedule because that was arguably the busiest and busiest day of the year here. Yeah, you the night market going on there, pu- uh, night market, tacos, cover bands. Um the the Italian uh the Italian ball, you had fireworks downtown which we hadn't had for a while and you've got this local star to be heavyweight fighter at the Huntington Center. Yeah. Like if we were ever going to wind up on Sports Center, not for a bad reason, it, it would have been that.
0: Yeah, I I was amazed like I was able to do almost all of that that weekend. I was exhausted by the end <laughs> of it, but to go from Italian ball, night market, you got fireworks and then I was able able to sit ringside uh, watch that boxing match that was just a fantastic weekend in toledo and you're right to be on espn there's not many things other than the rockets we get on espn for we were there and then to have the italian football we were there and so it's just amazing weekend but we need more weekends like that we need to stack weekends them. like that, stack wins like that, to continue to have this calendar all the way year-round, because this is a tremendous community, and not enough people know about it, and it's kind of this best-kept secret. Well, it doesn't need to be a secret anymore. Let's start telling everybody all the great things we got going on. Those
1: are big ass They're they're coming. I, I had said, maybe even last year when we when we visited, I was trying to bring up the speed in my view of the market being a, a transplant. The, it was five or six years ago. Where there, it was valid to say, oh, there's nothing to do in Toledo this weekend arguably there's too much to do um have you caught like for instance uh they do a flea market at mommy bay brewing in the, ha- in, the uh, in the in the garage next to it just blew up like come buy cheap stuff and and have some beverages and they had to keep having them because they were so big yeah
0: unknown thing about me i love flea markets do you me (laughs) me too i love yard sales like my my wife calls me a hoarder like i love the idea of antiques or finding something really cool or reusing something so my wife tries to keep me away from all those kind of things um but i love it and I, i think you're spot on like any weekend, you look at the calendar. I'm, I'm usually not too hard up on things to do. Um, but if I do have a free weekend, I'm looking for something to do. There's at least 10 things that would get my interest, yeah. and you want to get me to get out of the house. And there's not a ton of traffic. It's not hard to navigate. I mean, to me, it's perfect. Um, I love it.
1: Have you been to the Mommy Antique Mall? I have not.
0: Oh, you have to go. i, not. I drive um, by, but I've not been inside. It,
1: it's, I would never want to be locked in there overnight by, because it would turn into a horror movie <laughs> with all those creepy <laughs> toys from like the 60s yeah. and these things looking like. Um, That looks like like a a Chinese or some kind of middle Ages torture trap. I'm like, no, that's a bathtub that my dad... (laughs) But you would be in there for hours. So I guess tell your wife to go shopping up in Ann Arbor and you're going there. Um, Two more sports things and a few more dad things if I could have you. We didn't do any basketball things. Throw some basketball things at me because the programs are so great. Yeah,
0: I mean... uh, uh we had a, a rough last two outings, or, or last week, I should say, for both programs. They both had losses. Before that, they were over a year since they had their last loss. I think women wrapped up an 18-game women's winning streak. Men wrapped up a 20-game winning streak. That's never been done in MAC history. Uh, we blew Kent State out. Um, on the road at their place that's been a nemesis for us for a while now to blow them out was huge Uh, women's basketball played michigan on our home court at a sold out arena and beat them by 20 plus points so both are having tremendous years both have tremendous student athletes both will be in contention for mac championships so we played bg um, this weekend in the men's side uh, midday game it's going to be a sellout. We're excited about that. And then the women have their annual Justice for Sierra game against Buffalo. A really good Buffalo squad. It's got a new coach. I don't. They gave us a scare first round last year in the tournament. Most people realize this is a really good squad, um, so we need people. And then the following weekend, uh, the women on the third will play BG at home. Again, so uh, crowd.
1: The BG Benz program, uh, their AD uh, is good on social as well. Yeah. Maybe you guys can have some nice back and forth, but they have a new coach, and they've got some momentum in that program. I You don't want your rival to be good, but it's good for the community when the rivalry games are good.
0: No, I I told our staff and all staff, we want our rival to be good. Yeah. Uh, We want to keep beating them, too. Um, And those two need to go hand in hand. But the better they are, the more competitive they are more excitement that generates for our events and the more people we have in our stands and the more buzz this community is. And I think you're seeing it in Ohio State-Michigan. You talked about them earlier. Now that Michigan's won a national championship, Ohio State is all in and, and motivated to do some things they've never done before. And I think that same thing can happen here locally. The better both schools are the more motivated those schools are to do big things. And I think it'll make us both better.
1: Last couple of things that you've been now that you've been here for a couple of years, uh, if new people come into the area as Brian Blair and the Blair family, uh, Toledoans, um where are you taking people? Where are some spots that you found? What do you like about being here?
0: Yeah, I, I have to be careful with this question. We got too many sponsors. So. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, inevitably... You can also court sponsors. Yeah, I can. I can and I'll be happy to name drop people on my podcast <laughs> if you give give them enough <laughs> money to the department no the metro parks are probably number one for me yeah Um, my family we we were outdoorsy people when we lived out west we went hiking every single weekend so now to be here in a city that's got so many metro parks i can take my daughter fishing which she loves i'm in the local metro parks we just absolutely love that skating ribbon all that kind of stuff um we do a lot in the local area in terms of family Weiss family's two hours away. So either they're up here or we're going down there to see them and and check out all they have to offer. But then the restaurant scene is probably too good. Um, I need to pull back on the restaurant scene. There's so many options, so many different types of food, and it's all really, really good. I'm not sure people think, okay, Midwest, Ohio – all these different options for food. It's one of the better cities I've lived in, probably since Houston, um, that has as many different types and diversity of options.
1: Especially for a city of this size. Um, Speaking of food, how is hashtag Brian Brian Blair Smoke Life coming along?
0: Yeah, I, I tell you, this weather is putting a monkey wrench in <laughs> You
1: got the new machine, right? I do, I do, okay. I do. I'm do sorry. you love it? I,
0: I love, I absolutely love it. It's my baby. Um, it's, it's, it's got its own garage spot inside. Um, so it's in my garage. I uh, be at the, Not to get too far in the details, but you have to apply liquor to, a lacquer to protect the outside of it and break it in. So I broke it in. I've done a bunch of different cooks. I actually had my staff over to my house. Head coaches and my leadership team had a barbecue in the backyard. It was really fun. So I've done a lot of cooking on it. Um, My wife for the holidays actually bought me um, a pig. To roast. Oh, um, but unfortunately, this current <laughs> weather, I can't do anything with it. So it's in the freezer. We'll hopefully, it'll thaw out here soon, and we'll get ready to go.
1: When you had when you had the cookout, what what's what's your go to when you got a like? Let's say you've got a new recruit or, or a, an assistant coach recording coming into town. What are you serving that person?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the easiest for me to, to to cater big meals. We did something for our donors too, where I cook for them. Um, is pulled pork. Um, the being from South Carolina, I can do that almost in my sleep. Um, do really good pulled pork and ensure that overnight. Um, I love doing ribs. I did some pork belly bites for the staff. Brisket's my, my favorite thing to cook because it's probably the most fickle, it's the hardest. But being in Texas for a little while, learn how to do that. Um, my new thing is gonna be whole hog, and that's the South Carolina thing too. And now that I've got a smoker big enough to accommodate, um, watch out this summer because um, I'm gonna certainly do some whole hog barbecues. Now
1: that you've got more clout, I, I, this, one of these I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the release. One of these things has to wind up on the game day menu yeah.
0: somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, twenty thousand is probably not in my repertoire um, to, to cook for, but Still we did do out. we
1: did uh, for we've got our 1923 Society that's our leadership
0: given society. Um, we had a tailgate just for them um, where we actually served my barbecue at the tailgate, um, which is one of those ideas that sounded great on the front end. But then you start thinking about how busy I am on a game day weekend. Right. I I did not sleep for a whole night because I was tending to the fire all night and then get up and go through a game day. I literally almost passed out um, later that day. But the reviews were worth it. Everybody loved the food and that was me having the chance to serve and I think Giving somebody cooking for somebody and feeding them your own food, I just I think it's a little bit of a touch of love. It sets you apart. It's a little something different that I
1: like to do. On a smaller scale, you can always do the food truck route. We can't. We can't. So <laughs> that's actually
0: my retirement plan. Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I have talked about that, and my uh, my brother actually runs a food truck um, down in North Carolina out of my dad's restaurant. Um, so we've actually joked about it. She she's joked. I'm serious. Right. Uh, when I retire, hopping in the food truck, traveling the country, and serving
1: barbecue. Uh, last two questions, and we'll wrap up. Thanks so much for your time what tabs or how many do you have open in your browser
0: <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed to say I mean I, I think right now my phone and I, one I carry two phones um, probably 300 combined um, between wow. the two. wow wow um, I'm a I, I Google or search everything like yeah. I'm a curious person by nature so I wonder why something's the way I'll Google it and open a new tab and I need to go through and close it I'm embarrassed about it. what that. would
1: be like the last odd thing that you, you looked up out of nowhere because you needed to know can you remember?
0: I think so. Most people don't know this about me. I've got a Corvette. I'm a 1990 Corvette. And awesome. I'm in the process of restoring that. Um, so it was a, probably a part for that relative to the seats or something like that um, that I was tooling around on this weekend looking up. And so it's either that or some TV numbers from a football game exposure-wise.
1: Um, last thing. Um, dad, husband, all the great jobs that you, you've had. What is the, the, the tenant or the Brian Blair maxim that pushes you through? the tough days, uh, uh, an axiom that you live by, you pass it on to your kids, whoever.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, and this kind of goes in line with integrity, I never want to do something that's going to embarrass my kids. Um, I never want them to read a newspaper and say, golly, dad did that, he took that <laughs> shortcut. On the flip side of that, I also want them to be really, really proud um, when they get older and they read about what I did or who I was or who I served or how I tried to make things better for the right reason. So I try really hard to make decisions that are in the best interest of the organization I'm serving and everybody not personally for Brian Blair like it yeah, you benefit from the the team being successful and the like, but it's not about that. And I think if you keep that main thing the main thing, everything else works itself out.
1: Uh, full circle, how did they like seeing Dad get dunked? <laughs>
0: so it's funny because they, they come up to me and say, like, Dad, did you get dunked last night? So they didn't go to the game because it was mm. a late night game. Yeah. Um, and so my wife was there, but they weren't there. Um, so then they saw it on TV with the sitter at home and then they've seen pictures of it since, and then now they want to pull the handle. Uh, so they want to dunk dead, and they want to get in the dunk tank. Uh, but they, they've been troopers. I, I think this whole experience, I, I don't know if most people realize, like when you're coming up in the athletic department or you're in the number two You're not quite as visible as number one, right? You're behind the scenes and you sit in the stands with your family or whatever. But now they see me on the court doing a check presentation or um, making an announcement or public speaking and all those kind of things. And it's funny because I I don't think they completely understand what's going on. They just know Dad's always talking to people out in a public fashion. And to a certain degree, they have to understand that spotlight and be okay with people coming up to us at dinner or whatever and saying, hey, aren't you so-and-so? We'd love to talk to you, those kind of things. So this whole transition has been an adjustment for my entire family but they've been absolute troopers about it and and loving every minute of it. Thank you for the time. No, thanks for having me. Love it. Go Rockets.